0: It's Thursday, and we're back with a guest. Well, I mean, we had guests, sort of, last week. Of course, lovely Martin Comston popped by to say hello, and you were the guest of, of sorts. Thank you so much for all the questions that you submitted. They were funny, they were intelligent, they're insightful. I hope we gave um, funny, intelligent, and insightful answers. Um, and I'm sorry we couldn't get through them all, but you know it was what was it like ninety minutes? We did a fair bit. Um, we may do another one next year if you fancy. Um, but yeah, thanks for that. And it was lovely to see Griff and speak to him. You know, as you know, as is 2020, not seeing a lot of other people. So it's really nice when a friend pops up. Um, and what I thought we could do with this week is some positivity in our lives. Because, look, by sort of four o'clock here in the UK, it's dark, it's bleak, it's frosty. Um, we're trying to cobble together some sort of Christmas, but I thought we could use a helping hand, and that helping hand comes in the form of Miss Gabby Rosalind. I'm really thrilled that Gabby made some time. She's been ever so busy this year, as always. Um, But we get into it, we talk about comedy, we talk about presenting. Um, It's just great. It's just nice to spend some time with her. It's a great conversation, and I think you're really going to like it. And also, if you're looking for a new podcast, Gabby has one. It's called That Gabby Rosalind Podcast, and it's out now on well, everywhere where you get your podcasts. So go and have a listen. She's got great guests on there. But first, listen to this. This is the Two Shot Podcast with the wonderful Gabby Roslin. Enjoy. I shall see you at the end. Oh, it's so nice to see you. Oh,
1: lovely, lovely Craig. One of the nicest people in this industry by a long ah, shot.
0: Yes, but that is not the reason I've got you on. The reason I've got you on is because I was thinking, and because I, I book all my guests, I don't have anybody helping yeah, me. Yeah, same because with it's me. Fully same. And, and, and it's tough, you know, It's because some people this year especially have said, who've been on my list and we've been speaking and they're dying to come on, they've said, Craig, um, I'm not feeling particularly great to come on and talk about mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my life or anything. And, it's, it's, I, and I respect it completely and I, and I totally understand it. So when I was thinking, oh, who can I record with? <gasps> well, I, everybody needs a little bit of positivity in their life <laughs> right now. And I couldn't think of anybody else who is endlessly positive. And I, I've known you for years. I'm, I, I think know, it's I'm nearly
1: not... 20 years.
0: Oh, my God. No, and
1: actually, I'll tell you when it is, because my youngest was one and a bit, and she's now 19.
0: Fuck a duck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a
1: long time. Oh, it's a long on. time. Let me just turn that off. Hold on. That's right. Go away, everybody.
0: But I don't find it hard to be positive. I do try I, I do you know, I do try and think of everything as quite glass half full. I do. But this year for everybody has thrown up so many problems how do you manage to keep us a positive because you you do and every, do. Time, yeah, every time every time we've spoken you always are and the you post on social media you're still you've started your podcast which is a lovely beacon of sunshine and i really mean well, that you know? Know, that's
1: really kind of you do you know what though i've actually always been like this i was when i was a child uh, everybody always said they always called me pollyanna because I always played, and for anybody that that doesn't know it it's you know it's all about the the playing the glad game, and you just look at the best for everything, but I was one of those kids who was happy. I just would just go in and i'd make I'd, I like imaginary worlds and i like I, I always liked making people laugh, so even when I was very, very, very little, not not sort of stand up, obviously, mm. not stand up. The <laughs> idea of doing that makes me feel physically sick. Oh. But, um, but just ma- making a fool of myself and laughing at myself. And I think if you're able to laugh at yourself, then you can have that sort of outlook on life. And I do wake up a bit like that. And I do drive my kids home. My oldest is back from university now. And she, I think she probably missed me sitting on top of her singing musical theatre in the morning. But that's what I do.
0: That's the alarm clock that everybody needs in their life.
1: What, think, me sitting on top of them. Yeah, I Maybe think you need to not. go
0: around and, and sort that out. That, that'll cheer people up, no end. <laughs> um, have you found it difficult, though, this year to be um, and keep on that, that sort of positive train?
1: Well, I ha No, I have. It's not about staying positive. I think it's, I've always looked for the best in everything. So I always, um, I believe, I've always believed that um, the most important things in life are kindness it's where i was brought up my parents said because i I bore everybody with it but i only ever wanted to be a tv presenter i love tv more than anything on this planet my kids are used to me saying that says my husband Mm. but i but that's all i ever wanted to do and i and they said to me okay follow your dreams but be kind and don't hurt anybody in the process so it's been so Um, uh, drummed into me in a good way that you have to be kind. So for me, it's always about kindness, and I think kindness came to the fore this year. Laughter is the best medicine... So I've all... I love laughing, and I mm-hmm. think that we've seen a lot of people, um, a lot of the comedians, a lot of people who are performers, trying to bring that into our lives. I think the things that I've found hard are not doing television like I'd like to be. I mean, doing... I'm very happy to do things from my bedroom, yeah. but doing live inserts into shows, or the other day we had a big pitch meeting with my lovely agent, and we had this huge pitch, and we were pitching these three shows... And you know when you have those meetings that go really, really well, because I mm-hmm. know you do, those, That you're buzzing afterwards, and there is nothing weirder than coming off the Zoom <laughs> and just sitting there in your bedroom going, Oh... Right. And there was, you couldn't go for a drink. I mean, I don't drink booze, but, you know, you couldn't go out, you couldn't buzz about it, you couldn't talk about it. My agent then called me on FaceTime. This sounds so showbiz, but, I mean, it, this is the reality of it all. And my agent called me on FaceTime, she said I just wanted to see your face because I knew you were really thrilled by that pitch. And I said, mm. yeah, but I feel so deflated now because it was, you're heightened, your your excitement is heightened and somebody gets your ideas and and then you go, oh, I'm just here in my bedroom. Okay. So those are moments where I just, I, and I love people. That's why I'm so nosy. I love chatting to people. Um, and so I just, I went out. I went for a walk, which is what I do. I love walking. I think it's a real saviour.
0: Yeah. It's been a great saviour for me this year, walking, going off on big, when I can yeah. and Going off a nice two, three-hour walk. Now, you say you're nosy there. I don't think you're nosy. I think you're like me and you're curious.
1: I'm nosy as well. Are you nosy? I, yeah, I really am. Because I, if I'm walking and it's dark, I love those houses that have their curtains open and you can look in.
0: Do you know what that's called? Nosy. No, there is an actual name for that, for people who Peeping Tom? Look. No, that's, flat, that's that's borderline flashing, Gabby. Oh, no, not not do doing that. that. No, 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 no. that'd be awful. No, there is a name, I'll have to look it up. That's right, a what name do? for people it, yeah. who
1: look inside people's windows?
0: Yes. Yeah, Is it definitely. not
1: just... It's just rude, no, nosy. Well, really, is there I mean, an actual name for Yeah, so there, there, is, that there is, there
0: is. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> um... But, you know, you say it's rude, but therefore if you don't want people looking in, shut the blinds, shut the curtains you're attracting, the light's in there, you automatically want to look, don't you? Surely. Oh,
1: I am, but I've always been like that. And actually, that's another thing I've, been, I've grown up with. My dad's in his 80s and he's on his own. Mum died many, many, many years ago. Mm. And um, he's found it really tough, all of this, and his world has shrunk. But, he, but I have forced him to go out for a walk every day. So he goes for a two- or three-mile walk every day, which is great. Yeah. And he says to me, I love it. I look inside everybody's houses. Great. <laughs>
0: Oh, I I wonder where you get it from, Gabby. I
1: wonder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want to. I do want to talk about um, the fascination of wanting to be a TV presenter from when you were small. Was that something that stemmed from your dad? Yeah, his dad
1: worked at the BBC. Yes. So just with, with everybody up, my dad was um, a continuity announcer. He was mm-hmm. the person that you can hear in between all the shows. And he also worked then worked on Radio 4 as a newsreader. So um, I only ever knew my dad in that job. He was a staffer at the BBC um, and... I went to work with him, as people do. You go to work with your parents. Um, My mum was a doctor's receptionist. That was quite fun because i pretend I was a doctor. But it wasn't the same as going to work with Dad. And so from a very young age, I went to work with him. And I watched Blue Peter going out. There were viewing galleries. And um, I was standing up at the viewing gallery, looking with my hands against the glass and my face pressed against the glass watching this all going on and for me because i loved watching television i could watch television all day although when i was little it wasn't on all day but i could watch it as much as possible i then saw it being made when i was two or three and then i went down onto the floor of blue peter when i was a little older so i was about three Mm. and my father, who trained at RADA to be a broadcaster, um, uh, he had been at RADA with a woman called Valerie Singleton who presented Blue Peter. Mm. So Dad had taken me in there and I used to just watch from the viewing gallery and then one time Dad said, would you like to go down and meet Val? And I, went, <gasps> <laughs> and I did. I went onto the studio floor and I saw the cameras. I saw everybody running around. I saw how they did the make and do's on Blue Peter and I absolutely from that moment knew there was nothing else I wanted to do on this planet because I just thought oh I love watching television I want to make television I never ever thought about fame or any of that it did not cross my mind at all it was purely about making television because it made me happy to watch telly and I had this obsession about making everybody happy so that hasn't changed and so I then I then went home and um, I uh, used to sit next to the television set and Dad would be the cameraman uh, on the sofa and I'd be the fourth presenter of Blue Peter. Um, I'd be very worried because I'm allergic to cats, but it was okay because I was in... I wasn't actually in the studio with the cat, so it wasn't going to make me sneeze. And then um, I learned about auto cues. I just everything I could find out. I had every book you could have about television wow. and films. And then my mum used to write um, stories on a loo roll, and, I, and then she'd pull it down, and I'd le- and I'd do auto cue on that. <laughs> So there was nothing else I wanted to do. And even when I was very little at school, you know, when they say, what do you want to do? I said, oh, TV presenter. And then Saturday morning telly started, and I watched the very first one. And I um, phoned in, I think it was week two or week three, because they had phone in. And I was very little, but I phoned in the number. It was Noel Edmonds. I don't know how old I was, probably eight or nine and I phoned in and I thought oh I'm gonna be on telly um uh, just to get to to be on telly and then I watched that and knew it was no longer Blue Peter it was Saturday morning telly so I just wanted to I wanted to chat to everybody because I did everywhere I went I was very shy but I talked to anybody and um at school I was always told off for laughing and talking and I used to say well I'm practicing I'm practicing to be a TV presenter and and it wasn't a sort of there was no... I was desperately shy, so I couldn't speak, but I could talk to strangers. So, um and that's just it, and that's me. In a nutshell, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So when I did Saturday Morning Telly, there was nothing quite as bizarre as doing your ultimate dream.
0: I bet. And it's like, you talked about Blue Peter then and Saturday Morning Telly, and the two couldn't be more different, really, even though the catered... To a was certain... live. It was
1: live. It was immediate. And I got the live thing even when I was little.
0: But I'm talking about th- how anarchic Saturday oh. morning telly was. Certainly well, not when
1: I was little. When I was but... growing
0: up. It was yeah, like something no, no, no. else. It was like speaking to this certain demographic that I never really connected with Blue Peter. I found it slightly too straight-laced, certainly for my tastes. And but I think then... that's
1: probably why I liked when Saturday morning came in. It was It was pop stars and it was tv stars and it was naughty it and i mm. i was never I, i'm very straight but i was always cheeky so if it was a very straight girl i was always very cheeky so i knew how to make Someone laugh or go. I, I sort of knew what a double entendre was before. I should have known. So it was that was my sense of humour. Yeah. And um, yeah. So Saturday morning telly. It was still quite straight, mm. but then it got more anarchic. And then tis was happened. And then I and blew when the I did motor off. mouth, we were. It was great. I loved Saturday morning telly. I miss it. I think it should be on for kids today.
0: Is it not on anymore? No. Sorry, it's just I...
1: cooking. It's cooking.
0: Oh, it's just cooking, of course it Does your is.
1: baby boy watch uh, telly?
0: Well, here's the thing. You, you say, don't have a telly s- still, do no, you? No, no, no. Ah, no, well, I'm going to go on to that. You okay. say baby boy, he is nine and a half now. Yes,
1: he's still your uh, baby story.
0: I know, he'll always will be. Um, yeah, we're one of those. It's your parent, he always will be, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he, we, he's only had uh, a television physically there in the living room. Um for two years, because we just didn't have a television I know you for didn't. a long, long time. Does uh, my head in! Not to say that I didn't uh, I watch or adore and love television, of course I do, but I just feel that, you know, there was a time where I thought, I'm just not going to get anything done, I'm just going to... Because I adore it so much, I'm just going to watch and watch and watch and watch.
1: That's me. But um, actually didn't do you any harm. Look at that. I know I'm not going to interview you, but no. you are an outstanding actor. And the idea that you haven't watched loads of telly, you're just a natural actor, that, that makes me even more in awe of you.
0: I do, I do now. I love, I, I, um, I watch The Queen's Gambit. Oh, uh, I can't get
1: into it. Please. I'm the only person wow. I know.
0: No, yeah. I mean, I, I was, my mum and dad were very bored and they said, oh, we seem to have watched everything. Yeah, of course, I'm sure you have, but <laughs> let's, let's see if this, we can find you something else. And I said, right, I've just watched, and bear with me, I've just watched this drama about a young chess protégé and it's gripping and it's well-acted and it's Sean it looks beautiful and it's sexy and the costumes are great, it's intriguing. I said, you'll watch, and they rinsed it all in like two nights
1: Oh, see, I watched the first 20 minutes and I just was like, no, no. I just, it didn't grab me. I didn't like all the, it it was trying to be too clever. I don't like things that are trying to be too clever. I love a really good drama. I love, well, you know the the stuff that I love. Um, Mm. uh, Anything with you in. But I just, I liked, I like, I I needed to get into it. It's like a book. I love reading. But if in the first hundred pages it doesn't grab me, I have to put it to one side. Oh, my
0: God, you give it a hundred.
1: I do, I've, I, I, because I was too quick. And I, was, I said years ago, I said I give it 20 pages, and everybody was like, oh, that's disgusting. Give it more. So I go to 100 now
0: but you'll still only give 20 minutes of a... 20
1: minutes. If, if a show doesn't grab me straight away, okay. because I love TV so much, there's yeah. too much that I want to watch.
0: Exactly, and, and look, each to their own. And if they were super clever, they wouldn't have made seven episodes. They could have crammed this in four. That's, That's all what, what everybody
1: says. That's what everybody says. Oh, I've says.
0: never heard anybody say that. I haven't really yeah. read anything about it. But, yeah, I think the first two episodes are exceptional, and that young girl who plays the... Uh, she's off the charts. She's brilliant. All um, right, I'll give it another go. No, 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 you don't have to. I'm I, not will, sort no, of I will, I will. You because you're it.
1: the second person today, my friend Simon uh, said exactly the same. And he said they should have done it in four parts. Yeah. And then, yeah.
0: Have okay. you, w- what else have you been watching? Uh, here's the thing, right? For me, yeah. at the very start of this year, I. And I, I remember speaking to Samantha Morton a while back. We both found it very, very difficult. That's not name dropping, she was on the podcast. Um, we found it very difficult. To focus, to focus on screens, to focus on books. The only thing I could do was cook and listen to podcasts like this with people talking, so I could feel that I had people something else. You. Yeah, 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 people around me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I found that very comforting for for an hour, and then all of a sudden, things end. The food's prepped and it's cooked and. I have to try and focus on something else. Did yeah. you? Did you find that? Or no, you, I love telly. I
1: just, I, I <laughs> love it. Uh, you know, that's going to be my a, headline. That's going to be on my gravestone. She loved telly. Um, uh, not even
0: a global pandemic puts Gabby Roslin off focusing on it, no, television. And
1: actually, I think we've we've devoured it more voraciously. I mean, it's just been one more, more, want more. And I, um, so what have I watched? Succession. We watched the whole lot at the beginning. Mm. I thought that was out. I cannot wait for the next one. It's very rare for um, uh, my husband and I to watch, to like the same things, because we really don't. I love entertainment. I love entertainment. I didn't find that entertaining
0: at all. I found that that really, really tough going.
1: I've loved Strictly, you see. Strictly has been a wonderful, glorious escape. And also... Um, a friend of mine was in it this year, and I, ju- I, ju- I love Strictly. So, yes, I absolutely love all of that as well. But but Succession, um, this country, as you know, because you of and course. I... Oh, what? my... I, we watched it from beginning to end, and mm. then backwards, and then we picked out our favourites. I mean, every single night at 11.15, uh, he and I would sit and watch it, and I love it. Um, uh, and I love, I think... Daisy May Cooper, she's come to her own in lockdown and she's just, she's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I loved staged, uh, but my husband found it too stagey. So I really enjoyed that. And I, but I loved it, loved it. I loved uh, Call My Agent, which I watched <sighs> with my oldest daughter.
0: Please tell me, have you finished all three seasons of finished Call My them Agent? And I want more. Well, I had to put something out on social media a few weeks ago saying, "When Netflix, please tell me when it's season Isn't four it coming because we need never it." But are doing it in the UK. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Are you um, going to be on it? Honest? This, no, this upsets me immensely. Why?
1: Why? It upsets
0: Why? me, and I know it upsets. I think it upsets Jake Yap, definitely, and Julia Rayside definitely because it is, it is. French.
1: Oh, well, no, I, is, oh, sorry, I agree. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. Sorry, I didn't know what. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, yes, I thought you meant you were upset because they haven't called you. But absolutely they do.
0: not. No, absolutely that it should stay where it is. Do not. 100%. It, it will not transfer. I mean, obviously they're going to cast Roger Allen because he the, he's the French Roger Allen, but don't do it. Look, they smoke, they drink. In that Parisian way, they speak, they have passion and yes, venom. I and it, it it just won't work. And, and I, for one, would would not no, watch. I agree. It would. God, you're right ps-
1: about Roger Allen. That's <laughs> yeah. really bizarre. Oh, my yeah, God.
0: Absolutely. Of course. Even the hair. I mean, it's just...
1: It's, the, it's exactly it's the who it is. Parisian that's Roger so Allo. I
0: mean, whoever cast that, it's just take that's, that's easy. That's brilliant.
1: Done. I love, love, love that show. Mm. And then, and the Crown. I'm, I, I think it's a beautifully made, beautifully made. I've never seen the Crown. <gasps> Do you know what? E- even if you're not interested in the royal family, everybody I know who was very anti watching it um, this season, especially, it's just it's beautiful. It's the filmography is it, it is. Stun- no, is that the word? Is that a word? Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. The, uh, do you mean the
0: stadium, the cinematography? That's do you mean, word. the way it looks. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Beautiful. That's the word. Yes, I'm. I'm not a oh. film, <laughs> although I do a film show, but that's different. But, but I just, I, I loved it. I, I'm very sad that we finished watching it. You know that feeling of oh no, it's over.
0: Yeah, I had this discussion with my friend's wife on Friday when I delivered the, some. I delivered them. I cooked for. I cooked. I was supposed to have some friends round, basically, and obviously we had to cancel. So I said, "Well, look, I'm still going to cook, but I'm going to deliver you food oh, to all your houses." You are and I had to change the menu because there's only certain things that will travel, obviously. Um, and I went to the last house, and I was at a distance delivering food, and I was talking. We were talking about television, and my friend's wife said, "Yep, yeah, no, never seen The Sopranos," and I went, "I'm, I feel oh, I've
1: never seen The Sopranos."
0: Gabby Roslin.
1: I know, I, but actually, it's like that. And there's another thing which I'm going to admit, mm. which drives everybody mad, especially because I do. I'm not plugging the the, the film show, but we do. Um, Gabby's we'll on, talking pictures. We'll get onto that. In a minute. But I've ne- I've never seen. Oh, I'm actually a bit embarrassed.
0: No, Are you ready? Yeah. I've never
1: seen The Godfather. Any of them?
0: That's. I think that's fine.
1: Oh, really? I mean, I think <gasps> Most people fine. really don't
0: everybody like that one. Look, one and two, fantastic, incredible. I, I wouldn't need to worry about three. I'm probably going to get a load of shit for that now. But, look, don't worry. For some things, I would say I'm jealous that you haven't seen it. I would only say that with something like The Sopranos.
1: Okay, all right, we'll start that
0: then. Or, or quite possibly The Wire. Uh,
1: the Wire... I've never seen that either. Oh my God. And I'll tell you, I've got a really, really actually, I've got. A, do you want a completely showbiz story about that? I, oh.
0: Do you know what? I want all the showbiz stories, my Gabby, because this is going to cheer um, people up. Give me some showbiz stories, please.
1: Oh, it's embarrassing. So, no. um, uh, Paul O'Grady is a very uh, close, dear friend of mine. We've known each other 25 years. And he was doing his um, evening chat show. Mm. And uh, I went on as a guest. He, Gave me a call. Gab, come on. And I went on. I don't know what I was talking about. And there was this really, really lovely guy, really lovely guy, very tall, very handsome, lovely guy who um, I was chatting to in the green room and and got on really well. And we were chatting away. We were chatting about London, how we both love London. Um, and he was talking about shows that I'd done, and then I said, "I'm, re- I'm so sorry. What do you do?" And he said, "I'm an actor." I went, Oh, that's great. That's great. Now I, as somebody who watches everything mm-hmm. and loves and has interviewed ridiculous, you know, you name them. Anyway, so I, I was looking, thinking, oh, "I'm so," and I, oh, I kept saying to him, "I'm so sorry." He said, "No, it's, it's all right. It's all right." And then he was talking about Hackney, and he loved Hackney. And I just went, oh, great. Anyway, so I went in, went on to the show. Uh, I was the first guest. And then Paul O'Grady said, and the next guest, (laughs) Idris Elba. And he walked out, and he looked at me, and he pointed at me, and he said, she's never seen The Wire. I went, oh, no, I haven't. I haven't. Of course, everyone's mad Anyway. Do you know what? we? Every time we see each other, he just goes, Rosalind! And he's lovely, lovely. lovely. I have yeah. such a very innocent crush on him, and he should be James Bond. But I, I think mm. he's a lovely guy, and um, I'm sure, as you do, I'd love to chat to him on the podcast. But Absolutely. it's one of those things, every single time I see him, he goes, why haven't I been on your radio show? And I feel like saying, well... Um, Come on! What do you mean? Why haven't I... I've tried. But he was lovely, so that's my embarrassing uh, The Wire story.
0: But I think you should. I think you should delve into the Baltimore streets of The Wire. I I will admit...
1: We have it. We have it as a box set that somebody gave me when I said it.
0: I um, had to watch the first episode two or three times because you have to retune into the accent because... so It's so different and so authentic that the, what they're doing, it's incredible. Now, we know that finding and keeping hold of motivation is tough at the best of times, especially this year, let's be honest, right? But I want to tell you one thing. I have got involved this year with some personal training and it is the best thing I have done, Right. It's going to release all those endorphins that obviously, look, it's great for your body to train. Of course it is. But it's also essential for your mental health. And that's why I got involved with the PT Factory. Now, if you want a chance to have a taster session one-to-one with a male or female trainer of your choosing who you know exactly what they're talking about, go to the PTFactory.co Dot UK. You fill in the form on the section, just put in TSPPT. You're going to get a free taster session. You can sit down, talk about your wants, your needs, your goals. They're going to talk you through because they have all the knowledge to help you achieve what it is that you want. So go to the PT uk. What have you got to lose? I want to talk about interviewing and the fact that you have interviewed so many people, but it never feels, and I've been lucky enough to be interviewed by you a few times, but it never feels like you're asking people questions. And because I've been, you know, doing this and interviewing people for three years, I'm just learning and I love to learn off people. And it's like Well, that's I had,
1: why I love listening to you, because you do... I See, the most important thing... Um, hmm. And I think I'm, I, I think, I hope I did. I know I did. I contacted you when you were first starting out. I just went, this is great. What you've done is, it's great what you're doing. And I, I think that the most important thing, and that my dad taught me because he was an interviewer mm. as well, that you don't have these fixed questions where the, the, the way I always say it to somebody um, is if you say, if you're going to talk to somebody who love you found out that their one love, are giraffes. They just love giraffes. That, that's what they love. They love giraffes. So your whole thing, you've, got, you've worked it out, giraffes and this, that and the other. And then the very first question you said, so I know you love giraffes. They said, not anymore, I love lions. And then you go, yeah, so where was the first time you saw a giraffe? Oh. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, just just listen, just listen. If you listen to the person you're talking to, mm. you get a conversation, not an interview. I don't like interviews, I like conversations.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very much like... What you and Dermot O'Leary do are two big sort of favourites of mine.
1: But oh, thank you.
0: When I've been interviewed in the past, certainly I'm talking about live television now, they've got, did they call it the gallery? Yeah,
1: the, and the earpiece. So you have a they've little got an earpiece, earpiece yeah.
0: and they've got lots of other people talking to them so they'll ask right. their, their questions. See, so you get off on that. But sometimes when I've been interviewed by people, they ask a certain question. And then they glaze over, and they're not listening to me. They're listening to the other people. So how do you? Oh no no no
1: no no! No, That's bad. No, because um, because I've been doing it so long. So, um, but also I don't. So I don't get fed questions. I wouldn't want ever want that Uh, so what I'm hearing is knowing exactly what's going on so uh, whilst I'm interviewing uh, you then I'll know that the director's decided to go to camera at four and that the next guest is turned up late and that uh, the um, production assistant has just dropped coffee all over the desk so I know what's going on but I but if you ask my husband he'll tell you that I do that when we go out. So we go out, if we go out, in those old days when you could go and sit inside in a restaurant, mm. you know, we'd go out to eat or we'd go out for a drink in the pub and I would be listening into everybody's conversations and I'd listen to him and we'd leave and I'd say, oh my God. Do you know what they were talking about? You would never. Be, she just had an affair, and she just told him. So I'll tell you everything that's going on. But I've always done that, even as a child. So even on the bus, I remember going on the bus to school, and I'd listen into everybody's conversations, and that's how I'd sort of get accents and and know what's going on around.
0: So do you, think Nosey, that's, you see. Well, <laughs> we're coming back to that. You say, is that? Do you think? So do you think it's just practice then? Because a lot, of, you know, when I'm. Asked about learning lines, for instance, especially with big, big, long chunks of scenes, and they say, oh, Well, how do you do it? And I just go, Well, mm. you just read and read and read until you know it backwards, and you just it's just practice. Yes,
1: it is probably, and also the fact that I've always done it. I, mm. I, I don't know, it's it. I, I'm one, I'm very lucky that I find that I find it exciting. I don't like it if I go into a studio and I don't have that they have, it's called closed talk back or open talk back. Open talk back means you can hear everything that's going on. Closed talk back means you just get stuff that's coming through to you. So um, I I like it to be open. But I remember there were times when I've done shows where the editor or the producer in my ear knows that they're trying to throw me. And uh, I can think of a particular time, and she's a wonderful, wonderful woman who uh, is brilliant in television, and she kept trying to throw me. And I won't repeat what she was saying in my ears. And afterwards, she said, "Oh my god, it didn't work." And I said, "No, how dare you be so rude?" She was. It was very funny. It was very vulgar, but very funny.
0: So you can you can keep it straight for a yeah, lifetime. I'm a dreadful
1: giggler, so I I'll find say. another reason to giggle.
0: <laughs> ah, okay. So you cover it. I well. cover
1: it. I'll just giggle. I, I just, In fact, about twenty minutes before uh, we were speaking. My my youngest, (laughs) she got stuck. She got stuck trying to fix a lamp for me, and she was screaming, going, "Mom, mom, I'm stuck!" And I became so hysterical, I couldn't get her out. So I pretended I'd left the room, and I was laughing uncontrollably. So I am a dreadful giggler. I will giggle always at the worst times when you're not supposed to. I really, and that's the thing that we talk about on my podcast. Where I always ask everybody what makes them laugh, and then we all end up giggling because it's. You know, if somebody walks into a tree, there's nothing funnier. And if somebody's trying to be very rude in my ear when I'm trying to be very serious, I I have to laugh about something else. I told you I have a good imagination, so I'll suddenly say, "Oh, you won't believe what I was thinking of."
0: I mean, that is a skill in itself. I suppose it's a little bit like somebody trying to put you off uh, on stage, in front of uh, a live audience. Which
1: I've done that too. Yeah. I've done that too. I'm very naughty. I when we did Harry Met Sally, on the last matinee, um, I was being very naughty. I just I, I, I it's like me when I ever played. I wasn't very good at sports, but uh, and I love working out. But I was never good at sports. But if I ever played tennis, I would play tennis to do everything wrong to make somebody mm. laugh. I'm 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 naught no, That's how I'm. I'm very. Uh, Naughty.
0: But surely yeah. things like that keep you alive. And I don't yeah. mean alive alive, I mean alive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Act the fool, make someone laugh. There's nothing better than somebody just thinking you're completely nuts.
0: <laughs> but to always punch down, to never punch up. Which one? Because I, <laughs> I was talking about comedy the other day with Nigel Planer and...
1: Oh, my word, how's Nigel Planer?
0: Incredible um and well and good being cooked for by his wife during this lockdown, and we were talking about when comedy tips over into cruelty oh, and no, that's, no, no, that's, that's I what, hate, that. that's when I, I, I hate no, it, and I find it so no, so like uncomfortable and all. unfair and i was we were going back through bits. we went down a bit a comedy geek sort of rabbit hole which obviously I adored, and I was talking about when I used to watch Lauren Hardy uh, as a child, and it resonates still now when I've watched it with with my boy, is because they, you know, it's innocent, it's but also innocent, they, yes. they don't, they're not playing comedy, they, they, they're trying to be truthful and they're trying to do, they're trying to, um, get this big plane of glass into the house, or they're trying to put the ladder up, or they're yeah, really trying yeah. their best to do it, and that's just—it's just the root of all. No, I—I I,
1: I really hate, but I hate anything cruel. I really do hate anything cruel. Mm. I hate nastiness. Um, I, I don't like cruel humor because I don't find it funny. So I like—I—I I like slapstick, but not slapstick as in a pie in the face. But like I said, um, you know, I. Lauren Hardy when you say that just the biggest smile on my face because we were all brought up with it mm. um, but but Eric and Ernie you know and actually Anton Deck do a brilliant job they they they're lovely and I I don't I like carry on humor although when I watch it back now uh god it's sexist and shocking and racist but there are elements of that innocence there is a tremendous innocence I like it, innocent humor I hate I hate nasty humor I hate anything that that um, I remember seeing a certain comedian we went to see live at the Apollo. It doesn't matter who the person was, you'll probably guess by what I say. But he was being really nasty about disabled people and he made um, uh, a joke about um, Nazis. And uh, as a Jewish person, I found it utterly offensive. Mm. Nobody laughed and he got off on that. And I just find that disgusting. So that sort of humour, no thank you.
0: And also it's cheap.
1: It's horrible. And why, why be nasty about somebody? I, I mean, look at Michael McIntyre. I know for years people were saying, oh, he's really dull, he's really dull. Well, he's not actually, he's funny and he says things that we all think and I've seen him do his show at a charity event that I was hosting and he came on and he did his routine about turning off a light switch in a hotel, which was so innocent. But so funny and you saw people groaned when he came out and when he left, everyone
0: stood up. But it's a form Be- of art, it's subjective. Oh, so, lovely. I remember um, years ago I was working with a brilliant stand-up comedian and he said, oh, I'm doing this Irish night of Irish comedians in the West End he said, come along. So I went along and he wasn't top of the bill and I thought, oh, God, that's kind of odd that he's not top of the bill. Ardlo Hanlon was top of the bill. And it was a time when Ardlo Hanlon had they'd kind of forgotten about how incredible he was, certainly for a brief moment, in, in Father Ted. And you still go back to that and you think, oh, oh my God, she brilliant. brilliant. Genius! But he was more well known for doing My Hero, which for those who either aren't in the UK or can't remember, My Hero was a very low bar, not to do it disservice, but it was what it was. It was 8 p.m., um can not even can laughter audience sitcom it was
1: very very um... very
0: uh, formulaic yeah it was by yeah. the numbers book about yeah. a mild-mannered um uh, superhero from another planet who had a guise as a, just a normal normal working bloke and it was that's what he was well known for and he was top of the bill so automatically i went oh god and you know what he came on stage, and I could feel that with a lot of people. It was one of the best stand-ups I've ever seen. Oh, you he see, was the, the- just incredible. And I felt awful, because you go, immediately, I'm, I'm judging yeah, on, what, on yeah. what I may or may not have seen on the television. It was incredible. Where are you with... See, we're going to go down a big comedy cul-de-sac Yeah, now. go for it. Where I'm are welcome. you with um, the comedy of Embarrassment? because I know some of my friends just they they can't watch it because they themselves feel too uncomfortable in watching it.
1: It well, it depa- I don't like anybody taking the piss out of anybody else. But but I I don't mind. I like political humor if it's clever. You know, all of those things and I think we have to laugh at mm. at most things. Well, um, yeah. But I don't I I don't like it depends what you mean by embarrassing. Well, let's... How far?
0: <laughs> how far? Okay, well... So some people I know haven't watched The Office because they just find it too uncomfortable.
1: <gasps> oh, no, that... See, oh... <laughs> that makes me... I, I, I find it really uncomfortable, The hmm. Office. I... um, Afterlife... Uh, I went straight down Ricky Gervais' world. Um, afterlife Series 1 was superb. Uh, but I just... I found The Office just, it made me embarrassed. It, that, you're right, it's that I can appreciate it, but I didn't laugh at it.
0: Well, it's a bit so, like, yeah. uh, you, you know, appreciating. You can appreciate someone like Michael McIntyre or any other forms of comedy, but if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's not to say it's not funny. It's just well, there are not some I think
1: who aren't funny. There's a. I thought you were going to mention him, but there's a particular guy. That guy I was talking about before. I know who, who I,
0: I know who you not mean.
1: Funny, yeah. It's just not funny, and anyone that finds that funny, I do. I I I I, I sort of I question that.
0: Yeah, but, but you say but that you say. Fools and
1: horses was embarrassing. Fools and horses, they would do things, and it would make you cringe. But yet, it was. You could you could laugh, there were moments you could laugh at. I mean, I'm trying to think of new... I, I, but this country that we were talking about, and I will always go back to that, because mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest comedies ever. Yeah. There were moments where you just would be cringing, but it's so thoughtful in its embarrassment that actually I think it, that's why it
0: works. But I think things like that, certain thing, You know, you touch on only fools and horses and you touch on something like this country in very different ways, they both had a lot of heart.
1: Oh, gosh, yes.
0: So much heart, so therefore you could invest as an audience member.
1: Yeah. Well, a friend of mine can't watch This Country because he said it's exactly like where he brought, was brought up. And What's he said it just... He, he yeah. d- can't, can't watch it. He said it's well, like going back all those yeah,
0: years. Well, I, I lived for many years not not far from where they filmed this country and... It, yeah, pretty much is like that, <laughs> I would say. Um, we went, we were talking about anarchic Saturday morning television a while ago. And I was thinking about breakfast television. And it was a little bit like you and the big breakfast team, when it first started, got the manual of, how to broadcast breakfast television poured a load of lighter fuel fuel on it and just threw some lit matches at it because we, I don't think anybody had seen anything like
1: well I what, I, I hadn't <laughs> I, I, it was very funny because I did I went from Saturday morning telly and after doing three years of that I remember the press or you know doing all those interviews and they say oh you know what's your dream job next and I'd say I want to do this but every day of the week and th- I mean I I could. Probably find those articles. I remember doing it in the you know tabloid uh, newspapers, and it was what do you mean every day? I was can you imagine this every day of the week? That would be amazing. And they'd say, yeah, but it's that's not going to happen. Well, you never know. And then I got the call about the Big Breakfast, and um and I did five screen tests. It's sort of it. It's one of those stories that i told a lot, and I did five screen tests. But the very first time I turned up, I didn't know anything about it, and. Um, My mum um, had seen uh, a bit in the newspaper that had said that Bob Geldof was going to be doing a new um, breakfast show and it was going to uh, be different than anybody had expected. I remember my mum saying, well, that's the sort of thing you keep saying you want to do. Oh, yeah. Bob Geldof, Bob <laughs> off, What do you mean? And sort of that was bit vaguely in the back of my head. And then I got a call from my agent to say, they want you for a screen test for this new show. You're going to be screen testing with a guy called Chris Evans. And I said, oh, he used to do early Saturday morning telly before we were on air with Motormouth. He was on uh, whatever it was then, TVAM or something. He did, he did a very early morning kids show. Right. And... Uh we used to watch him in the makeup chair and I remember thinking, God, he's clever. And we all used to talk about how clever he was. I remember him doing some sketch in a phone box. And I turned up for the first screen test and the two of us just it was extraordinary, we just got on and um they said, Oh well, you know, just say exactly what's going on and everybody's gonna be in shot. And I just thought, This is amazing and I left there buzzing. And then I waited, and I waited, and then they called me back for another one with Chris, and then they called me back again, and then I went away for a week to France with my then boyfriend, and uh I had to phone them every day to find out whether or not they'd made a decision and Every day I made that phone call, and uh they said we haven't made a decision yet, and then I came back, and I did the uh Fourth screen test, and then I went for the fifth one, and by now i was I was beaten into a pulp of oh my God, <laughs> and I went for the fifth one, and um Chris was there. I think there were a couple that Chris wasn't there; they just wanted to see me interacting with uh kids um doing competitions, doing all sorts of things, mm. and just ad libbing because I've never had a script, so luckily, Saturday morning tell you there was no scripts. And this didn't have scripts. Big Breakfast didn't have scripts. So they just wanted to see if I could talk. Yeah, I can talk. Um, and, um, and then the very last one, I turned up and uh, very kindly and very uh, extraordinarily, Chris, they started, they went three, two, one. And then Chris just went, stop! And I thought, oh, my God. And he said, please, somebody just give this girl the job. It's, this should be her job. She should be doing this. And, I, and then I got, then I left thinking, oh, dear, um, that was embarrassing. And then I got a phone call to say, to, could I go to the office? And so I went to the office of the production company and I had to walk through an open plan office into a glass office. And there was the two guys who, um, uh, from Planet 24 and the editor. So there was Charlie Parsons, Waheed Ali and Sebastian Scott, And they said, "Okay, have your back to everybody. Um, We're here to tell you you, that we're offering you the job. But you cannot tell anybody. You cannot tell a soul. And you have to walk out of this office as if you haven't been told the answer yet. It's the biggest kept secret anywhere. We're going to be telling our, our publicists. You'll do one interview and then you'll be on air. And I had to walk out of that office completely straight faced. I thought I was going to wee myself. I really properly did. I thought I was going to cry. I had this weird mixed emotions. And then I got into the car and my boyfriend was in the car because he'd driven me there. And I said, you have to just drive. And we drove and he pulled over. And I screamed and screamed and cried and shouted and I couldn't believe it. And then we drove around to my parents and I told them. And then a week later I was doing this one bit of press, and then two weeks later I was doing the show. It was extraordinary.
0: And that show, when I think about it, set a template for so many other shows going forward throughout the years. The, The fact that it involved the crew... You could hear the crew laughing. I mean, we spoke yeah. about Ant and Dec before. I mean, they really involved. Well, the most... first
1: TV they did as presenters was on The Big Breakfast. Was so it? they came on and they presented with Zig and Zag in the bathroom and um, on holiday relief for Chris. And I remember saying to them, you've got to be TV presenters. And uh, I thought they were brilliant. Uh, it was a great breeding ground for a lot of people. And a lot of people who behind the scenes of The Big Breakfast are now controllers of channels. Mm. I mean, it's... Everywhere you go, there's somebody from Planet 24.
0: Yeah, cos, I mean, you know, Richard Richard Bacon was there, wasn't he?
1: Richard was there. That was after me. Yeah. Um, uh, Melanie Sykes, she was there in the summer holidays. You Amanda know, Byram, she was there. The great Paula Yates. Paula, bless, I mean, bless Paula. She was there. Well, Chris, sh- Paula and I were the originals. Yeah,
0: who interviews anybody from a bed anymore. It just can't be done because she just broke the mould with that. I mean, it was, it was just incredible.
1: Well, then Lily Savage took over and that's where Paul and I became great friends. So ah. Lily Savage took over.
0: But was, was Lily interviewing from a bed? Yeah. Was she?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's fantastic. That's brilliant. Yeah. Now, you always make things seem very easy to me when I listen to you, when I watch you be interviewed. You must have come up with any with some sort of battles during being interviewed or interviewing somebody else How, what do you do if you get sort of stonewalled if people are i mean we it's
1: only happened it's actually happened um twice in my career once was uh, i was doing a Saturday night show for channel Four and an American actress turned up and she was fine until she went into the loo. And um, uh, all I could hear in my t- uh, in my earpiece was, "She won't come out of the bathroom." And uh, I, we were live; it was a live show. Oh and so god. we went to an ad break, and I was going, "Oh my god, what's happening?" And they went, "She won't come out of the bathroom." Anyway, she came out of the bathroom, <clears throat> and then I looked. Uh, I so I did the introduction, and I looked at her, and her eyes were spinning, and she was. Burning. Oh God. And to this day I would never say why she wouldn't come out of the bathroom or what she'd been doing. But it was the most extraordinary way to interview. She was sort of Oh yeah, you don't know I do. And um uh and we went to an ad break very quickly. Oh, but she was very sweet God. and well, the le- other least... time was somebody just said no, 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 uh, no.
0: That's the opposite. But that's, it. In, that's the in opposite. 33 ends. Years, You've got yeah. one person who won't shut up because they've been in the toilets too long, and one that's just giving pff, one word, nothing. Yeah, and it's,
1: yeah.
0: It's just impenetrable. You can't. How can you? Well, it's
1: not, But like I said, you know, in in the thirty-three years I've been doing it, that I still can just name two people, and there've probably been some who haven't been very um, forthcoming or or friendly, but but. I, I like speaking to people who haven't got something that they're wanting to plug. But if they have got something they want to plug, I always talk about something else as well, and then they always think that they haven't necessarily plugged it. So I don't go in to tell me that, how you made this film. I'll, mm. I'll ask them about jumping out of an aeroplane, and then we'll go on to the film. So, um, uh, yes, only, only twice it's been a bit tricky.
0: And also if you go in with those questions about what they're trying to flog... They're going to give you the stock answer they've just yeah. given to seven other interviews, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. that's just dull for you as an interviewer and anybody listening But sometimes you do
1: get, which you'll know now, but sometimes you get told um, uh, that you can only answer, you can only ask questions about that. But I always twist it around. I remember there was one uh, great, lovely, lovely uh, movie star, um recently it was Ryan Gosling and he was so lovely we went in and they said right just you're asking about the movie i mean yeah and i went in and i said <laughs> and the first thing i said was they've told me i can only ask you about the movie and he said no that's not true so if you go in with that then then we chatted about all sorts of things
0: that's a top top tip there Gabby. I'm, Yes, <laughs> i'm taking that on board because i was it. i was reading an interview a few weeks ago in the new york times with Nicole Kidman, and it was a really lovely interview. Um, yes,
1: your friend, Nicole.
0: She, she, we don't talk about that. She seemed to be on great form, but the interviewer, in some of his retorts, he would say, oh, when I asked you that question there, that seemed to upset you, or did, did I touch a nerve there? And she would go, um, no, it's absolutely fine, ask what you want. It was almost like he was being provocative Oh, I can't it, bear that. In the, the piece. And I just thought, why would you do that? Because that it ceases to become about the subject and it's falling but back you on just, you.
1: I, I can't bear that. I no. don't like that. I mean, we, we've, we've been naughty to you in the past, uh, Vicky and... Uh, when I was interviewing you, and I wanted to stitch you up, mm. but that was I, was sti- I stitched you up with Vicky, and then you helped me stitch up Danny Mays mm. on live telly. So I, those sort of things I don't mind doing when you know somebody, and if it's fun. But I don't like trying to get I don't like trying to get upset anybody. I also don't want somebody if they want to be. Um, uh, honest and uh, about some things that I've been told not to ask them about, that's their prerogative. Exactly. No, that's not about me. The interviewer yeah. is the least important. The the My guest is the most important.
0: Yeah, which is it's just normal and natural, surely. Yeah. I, I've just found yeah. it very odd. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't have any evidence for this at all, but there's always been something inside of me that I would want you on my pub quiz team. <laughs> <laughs> and again i've got zero evidence we've never been to a pub quiz nor but are we likely oh to go God. to a pub quiz anytime in the future
1: i love them my husband hates them i love them even i used to have those apps on my phone you know you could play pub quizzes yes. on your phone and my friend simon london who reviews podcasts on my uh, radio show and uh, he has reviewed yours and he will do so again i will remind him but he, um, and he loves you, but he's a TV producer and a, a writer and all sorts. And he runs a charity pub quiz. And and together we host one uh, once a year for Amanda Redman. And I I have to sit there and have my hat you know, cl- put my hand in my mouth so I don't answer the questions because <laughs> I'm involved with it. I think they're great fun.
0: Well, when we get back to going out and going to pub quizzes, should we go to a pub quiz together? Yes! Yes! Gabby Roslin. thank you so, so much for coming oh, on. It's, you're just a dreamer. Do you know what? I've had a very busy day and it's been a bit up and down and you've really cheered me up no end.
1: Oh, bless you. What have you cooked today?
0: Um, I'm, I haven't cooked anything I had big. I was cooking from Wednesday of last week up until sort of Friday night when I was delivering food. So um, I haven't really thought about that. I bought some soup for my lunch today. That's how dull my day was.
1: <laughs> That's not like you. I know
0: it's really not. Uh, I'm gonna finish um, our conversation and uh, move on to uh, what I'm gonna devour tonight. What's that? I don't know Yeah, I haven't made my mind up.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so lovely. You really are one of my favourite people on the planet. I think you're such a good egg. You really are.
0: Well, I really appreciate you spending some time with me because I know that you're super busy. Oh, oh, before you go, before you go, we've got to tell people about your podcast quickly because I know we don't sort of plug things on here, but you started your podcast, was it during lockdown or was it after lockdown? Yeah,
1: no, well, it was after. It was meant to be just before, but then that lockdown happened and we delayed it and Mm. then... When it was sort of over, we just thought, why are we delaying it? We can do it it's because we were going to do it face-to-face. But, um, yeah, that Gabby Rossin podcast, and the reason we called it that is because people always say, oh, have you heard that Craig Parkinson podcast? So we just thought we'll do that, make it easier. And um, and you will, please, will you come on? Will you return the favour, please? Will you come on?
0: Um, I will. Uh, uh, yes, of course, I, I will be... Honest.
1: You have to say yes now. <laughs> Yay! Yay!
0: <laughs> um, I will do a a plug in the outro for your podcast, even though, because I know, you uh, you know, I really want people to listen because it's lovely. And we all need some Gabby Roslin in our life. And we have done this week. Gabby Roslin, thank you for coming on the Two Shot podcast. I love you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, darling.
0: And another episode is done. What did I tell you? Yeah, you're smiling now, eh? That's just how she is. It's not forced. It's just how she is. And it's not nauseating. It's lovely. You know, sometimes you just meet people and go, "You just why are you too happy? Stop being so happy. She is. And I'm um, made up. She came on. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um. Well, we're recording more. We're going to try and get uh, a few out to take us over the Christmas and New Year break. And, of course, we'll be back in January. And... Stand by your beds and your Instagram and Facebook and Twitter feeds. Um, As is the way at Christmas, myself and Griff normally, normally, normally get together and we record a little Christmas video message for you. We're going to try and do that this year, obviously apart, but we're just working on the best way to do it. So, um, of course, you'll be um, seeing our silly faces and... uh, We'll be thanking you for sticking with us, as ever. So, until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Take care, won't you? I'll see you next week. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson. Recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Looking for a new podcast to listen to? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAS recommends. Hey, I'm Burt from The Burt Show. You have people on a show that really don't like morning shows. Stealing an entire school bus, I gotta be honest, that is my dream still. Why take initiative when you can take a nap?
1: I like keeping it real and I like keeping it gross.
0: (laughs) So we created a show that we really wanted to hear. It's real and it's funny and we will talk about our personalized, we're not scared of anything. Okay, if you want this prize right here, you're gonna have to work for it. What I love most about this show is everybody's vulnerability.
1: And though our perspectives may be different, we're together is actually fun.
0: We put the fun in dysfunction. I think it's unlike anything that you've heard before. The Burt Show. New episodes every weekday and the weekly top 10 on Saturdays. Listen to this show on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast. Acast. A-Cast.
1: A-Cast. A-Cast recommends.